You're listening to Process with Broads and D-Ray. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to a new episode of Processed. We had Elton Brand speak to the media. Not that too much came out of his mouth, but enough that we are going to pick at it. And then two episodes of The Last Stand. So there is a lot to talk about. D-Ray, how are you today? I'm great, bro. I'm great. I just realized how the last dance is saving our ass right now, <laughs> but I'm great, man. How are you feeling? I'm good, dude. Yeah, you're right. It is saving our ass, but guess what? I, I figured that was going to be the case, but we yeah. hear that they're pushing it forward for us because remember, I think this was supposed to be released in June. Yes, yes, yes. I feel like it was supposed to release uh, around the time, either right before or right after the Olympics, but now they did it on the first day the playoffs supposed to start. So thank God for Michael Jordan and 90 Bulls, but... Uh, I just thought of as soon as you said, I was like, we only have two more weeks of this shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're right. At some point, this is going to be over. And then yeah. what? What are we going to do then? This is perfect for our Thursday episode. <laughs> we'll figure it out, though. Exactly, exactly. I think it's important to start out with Elton Brand speaking to the media. And, and like I said, it wasn't as if I'll relate it to Carson Wentz talking to the media the other day on Zoom, where they just bombarded him with Jalen Hurts questions. And he gave us the simple I can't wait. I'm excited. He's a good teammate. He gives those cliche answers. I'm sure you had to do that at one point in your career. Oh, man. Politicking. Politicking. You got to. You got to. You can't. I mean, you can't say anything crazy. You can't say anything that's. You damn sure don't want to say anything that's going to have somebody coming after your spot too much more. You know what I mean? Lord knows it's a competitive league. But I I like to think that he meant that. It's just, I don't know how it's going to work out uh, with those two together. But like we said, anybody understands the power of backup quarterback is us. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But I don't want to do this. I've been screaming about that for so many days now. It's I've kill- seen. It's I've killing seen. me inside. It really is. I can't even comprehend the logic, but I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Let's get into Elton Brand. What stood out to you the most that he said? Uh, The vagueness around that when she asked the draft question. And he straight up went to, uh, you know, we're looking for some defensive-minded players. And I, I'm pretty sure every Sixers fan was like, the it's defense. It's crazy, is it not? <laughs> yeah, Another yeah. defensive player, huh? Yeah, but he, he spoke, He spoke. also spoke on there's some shooting in his draft. He kind of hit her with the okie doke. He even said in the beginning, you know, we have we could have five draft picks in this uh in this one, as you know. He kind of said it like, listen, you know what I mean? I'm not gonna go into this too much. And I get it, he's keeping it at house, but when I heard the defense thing, not again. Right, right, not again. I would be yeah. so disappointed if they went out there again. Here's the thing. I mean, Matisse Thibel was awesome to watch. Yes. Imagine adding another Matisse Thibel at some point. It's just overkill, no? It is. It is. It is. You can't you don't build a team by getting a bunch of guys to do the same thing. That's in every game. You wouldn't cook something with having a bunch of the same ingredients. You need different things in the pot. So I'm hoping he was leaning more towards uh the shooting and saying that they look to play defense as well. But I, I we don't need another Matisse Thibel. That's a good analogy you just used. Is that something that Coach Wright cooks up over there? And, uh, yeah, yeah, you're stealing some words, aren't I, you? I, I like the cooks up in there, too. You yeah. worked that in real proper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second. That was way too smooth. He definitely used that before. There was no way he pulled that out of his ass. I'm just not buying it. Politic. <laughs> That's great. That's great. No, but the draft thing was definitely something that made my eyes roll. But once again, 
how much stock am I putting into that? Not yeah. an obnoxious amount, but it did trigger not PTSD of last <laughs> season when they picked Matisse because it worked out. But even if they did get another guy that was just so solid at defense but couldn't shoot a damn basketball, it's yeah. time to focus on someone who can shoot. But the draft is an interesting question because what the hell is going to happen if they don't finish out the season? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Everything's up in the air. You know, you hear about several guys they're looking after and everything's kind of up in the air right now. It's strange, but hey, I, I trust in them. You know what I mean? You're talking about trusting the process. I trust the Elton brand. Uh, I would like to see them go out and get a player that, quite frankly, they might have to hide on defense. The problem is that can't be a rookie. You know what I mean? You don't expect the rookie to be that guy. You look at how the Golden State Warriors deal with Steph. Steph ain't going up there strapping up the best player. You know you're going to get 30 out of him, but he ain't going out there and strapping up the best player. Ain't nobody looking at the come for a rookie, but I don't know. I, I trust his his playing. He, he seems like a schemer. So I do I agree him. with that. I'm, a, I'm an mm -hmm. Elton Brand supporter as well. I know it's a, a not so much a hot take, but I feel like that's out of the norm from Sixers fans to yeah. enjoy what Elton Brand has done. But I do think that he he understands the league. He wouldn't be involved in this league for as long as he has been as a player and then a little bit now as a, an upper management guy if he didn't understand how this league worked. Facts, bro. I, I can't say it better. You just said it. Like, he's been around so long. He's been around the block so long. He knows what he's talking about. You know what I mean? He, he has something figured out. It's just the question is, is that something that's something that Philly fans want? Right, and not to counter my own point because I find myself doing that sometimes, but at this point... <laughs> Sometimes I do realize my, my head is racing so much, and I'm always trying to debate people. I find that not even in in sports. I'm walking around the block with my girlfriend. We were walking the dog, getting some fresh air the other day, and I just started ripping at her, like just going at her. And she looked at me like, what are you doing? And I thought, damn, I think I'm so triggered now. And just my mind is, you got to debate him. You got to debate him. Now I'm debating myself. I said Elton Brand's been around the block so long, so we should know something. Uh -huh. Michael Jordan, arguably the best player to ever do it. He stinks as a front office member. <laughs> I was just about to say, you don't have a debating problem. You have a competitive problem. <laughs> Yo, that was one of my favorite parts. I, I know we're not on that yet, but that cracked me up. When he realized he had a gambling problem, she was like, do you think you have a gambling problem? He's like, I don't have a game. Yeah, like, uh, oh, no, yeah. competitive. Oh, it's competitive. It's not gambling. It's competitive. I'll bet you, I'll bet you I don't have a gambling yeah. problem. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So with, with EB, I thought there were some things that were a little interesting. The one with Ben Simmons, the, the conversation about him shooting came up once again. Oh, once he learns how to shoot, yada, yada, yada. I'm getting sick and tired of it. But it is a conversation that clearly keeps happening. He said that they would be optimistic that he would be ready to go when the Sixers pick up and start getting back rolling and things. That is unbelievable. That just shows me that this back injury was way more intense than I ever thought it really was. Yeah, bro. Yeah, it kind of took me by surprise, too, because we thought it was like, all right, if he has this rest a couple weeks, he should be good. And unless they're saying optimistic just to save face, the idea that he still might be out is, oh, this shit's real. If they were still playing now, think about it. Two weeks ago or so would have been the first week of the playoffs. We would have been yeah. intensely into the postseason, and they would have been optimistic about him. Now, maybe they would have forced him into it. They would have tried to get him out on the floor. But if he's still not ready to rock and roll by now, that would have would not have been the best thing to happen. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. Especially with a back injury. You hear about those hunting guys for years. You know what I mean? So... 
Let's fingers crossed, but I I really hope he was just saying that because I got a, I got a politic. You know what I mean? The thing is, when it happened, and it was, mm-hmm. well, when it happened, air quotes, I don't think anybody really knows when it happens. He fell in the All-Star game, and then I, I was there as a media member that. when Brett Brown was speaking, and things didn't really add up. He said, oh, when we returned, he fell in practice trying to go up for a rebound or a putback dunk or something like that when he was going up, but everyone saw the fall in that game, in the All-Star game, and then he leaves when they were on the road in a big-time tilt and he left the game, did not return. It totally brought the energy down to me. And then, this is the big part, Ben Simmons came out. It was the game when they were actually playing. I think it was the the Pistons right before this coronavirus stuff happened. He spoke beforehand, and someone asked him these questions, and he looked to the PR team because he didn't know how to answer it because he was trying to hide something. It's just so fishy to me. Yeah, nah, I mean, Lord knows the, the Sixers and these mystery injuries. Not saying that he's lying, but I'm just saying it's they they do a good job of making sure that everybody's kind of kept in the dark. Obviously, in the past, that did not work out. I hope this time around it's being handled for a better reason, but I, I didn't even think of that, bro. You got a great point. I forgot the All-Star game, everybody was oh, he's okay. And then a couple weeks later, no, he's not. You know what I mean? So maybe he was fighting through it, you know, back then. But like I said before, I'd rather them wait for the sake of a healthy Ben Simmons. I couldn't even imagine watching this team go through the playoffs without Ben Simmons. It would be unbelievable. Everyone says they're losing in the first round anyway. Who cares? With a full roster, they might lose in four if they did not have Ben Simmons. That's crazy. I I, I don't I don't have that much. Well, faith. think about it. If right now they were going to play in the playoffs, they would play mm-hmm. the Boston Celtics. And they were even talking about how they right now are preparing to play the Celtics, which is really interesting to, to think about them strategically game planning for the playoffs to start right now and play the Celtics. But if they had to, and they were, I guess you want to be on the road, it would be a neutral sighting. I don't think they could beat the Celtics in a seven-game series without Ben Simmons. They figured it out without him before. Wow, you I are think, way too optimistic. I think that will be a very interesting see. I at least got that going in six games. I don't know wow. about four. I don't know about four because, I mean, jo- JoJo. And at the end of the day, the thing on the Celtics that really gave us problems, and you saw it last year with that turnover when Ben Simmons went the inbound and he jumped into it. You saw it last year on defense. You saw it on that out-of-bounds play, Al Horford. And that's why we went and got him. Who would be the primary ball handler? You think Shake Milton in a seven-game yeah. series would be the ball handler? Josh Richardson, maybe? Yeah, yeah, it'd probably be Josh Richardson. But like I said, the one thing on the Celtics that really made a di- not really made a difference. They're a great team. And obviously, Kimball Walker is nothing to laugh at. But Al Horford was the thing that stopped Joe and B. My question is, who's stopping him on the Celtics? I don't know if it's enough, man. He's the only one that can really dominate. And think about Ben Simmons on the defensive side of the floor. Yeah. I would not feel good about four. Obviously, I'm being a little bit of a jerk off. Probably <laughs> five. I'll give the Sixers one game, one of their home games, if you will. Maybe <laughs> they find a way to get it done. But they, they would absolutely get smacked. And I was shocked to hear how they were just optimistic about it. And let's also factor in Joel Embiid. If he takes one day off, it seems like he didn't train for five. Five months now I'm yeah. going to assume this dude's going to be able to go ball yeah yeah I see what you're saying that does kind of scare me but I will say this I will say this by them saying he's optimistic would you want to prepare your opponent to get ready for him or would you rather him just go out there when everything starts up oh shit now we had to prepare to play at Ben Simmons not saying the Celtics would pack it in but 
maybe Ellen Brand's playing a little bit of chess here. Like, yeah, we're optimistic. Knowing Lord, knowing well, he's he's fine. He's wow. Fine. Now you're okay. All right. I like that mindset. Now that's. <laughs> a, I feel like that's. So, you might be getting sucked in. I think they're they're sucking you in. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can live and die with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. think that's, I can that's, live and die with that. That's 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 a stretch. But I'm I'm saying, like I said, Elton Brand, he's a plotter, he's a schemer, he understands certain things about this game. Is I wouldn't give my opponent anything. You know what I mean? It's I've I ain't gonna lie. I've been a part of some locker rooms. I ain't gonna say which ones, where you know guys were supposedly not this or not that. It seems game time decisions, but we know full well oh, he's going out there. So you cheated in no. 2016. <laughs> and by the way, unbelievable, unbelievable that the better team did not win in the Villanova oh, simulation. But God. I will say congratulations on putting that together because that was awesome. Thank you, bro. Thank you. Yeah, man. it was fun as hell, man. I was sitting there watching. I was cracking the hell up. Thank you, bro. Thank you for having us on 97.3 that day, too. That that definitely helped get the word out there, but that was that was fun. That Dude, was fun as that, hell. that thing was pumping all over the place. <laughs> it really was, though. I mean, it was all over the place. That was fun as hell, man. Yeah. No, you should, and uh, still, the charity's still going. I, I think we're we at 30000 Oh, wow. Unbelievable. Yeah. What we should do is, next, we do a Broads versus D-Ray simulation. <laughs> is what we do, though. And I'm not knocking your talent level. Oh, it's, one on one. <laughs> it's clearly better than mine. But just to make it entertaining, all of our <laughs> offensive statistics are on the on the bottom, but mm-hmm. all of our defensive stats are 99. <laughs> Who wins the game? That's all. That's what it'll be. One on one. It's the game of stops. Yeah. Stops. But you got to score. You got to score on defense. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that would be awesome. That is so funny. We are something else today, and I love it. Um. All right. So one thing that another thing that stood out to me. There was a time where it was brought up. There was a time. What the hell am I saying? There was a quote in there when Elton Brand was talking about the future and what it could look like if there is no season, what happens with some of the upper management moves and what happens with the Brett Brown. And it's just so odd. I mean, where do you value or how do you value the head coach if you don't finish this season? And if you do finish this season, there was a huge gap involved because of a pandemic. If they fall on their face, how do you say, well, I mean, Brett's clearly not a good coach. How do you even look at this head coach or any other management moves based off of this season? Unfortunately, I feel like it's absolute. I feel like it's either one way or another. For the Brett Brown supporters, for the guys who want to see him see this process through, this might buy him another year. Because quite frankly, the way this season was going, like you said, you can't just pack it in because, bro, the world stopped. You know what I mean? We didn't see him finish off the season. But for people on the opposite side who don't like him, they could say, you see what happened. Do you really want to see another season of that and kind of force the issue? So I, I feel like it's one or the other. And that's what kind of scares me because it doesn't seem to be much of an in-between at this point. Right. And weirdly enough, I am in-between. I am a Brett Brown supporter who thinks it's time to go. If mm-hmm. I'm Elton Brand, though, I, I think you can't be naive. You can't think, well, I mean, who knows what could have happened? You kind of have to use what happened when things were normal in society and say, there's truth to what happened this year, and it just wasn't really flowing the right way. I I would hate to... Here's the thing. What if next year they come back and the same thing happened and Brett Brown is still the head coach? 
it would be a really, really awful look for Elton yeah. Brand and Brett Brown and this team. And as much as I like Brett, it is a possibility because I just think they need change. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. But what if they go out and get somebody and that the next year is that much more rocky because nobody's on the same page? Well, then I would argue what changed. Are you in the same boat? At least you attempted something new. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because if it's just as ugly, okay, well, at least you tried something. At this point, it's you're doing the same thing all over again. And I don't know, man. I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe in in terms of this conversation, it wasn't just about front office, but players. Al Horford, he's signed this big deal, and he barely even played one full season. Is the question already being asked, should we move on from him? Hell yeah. Hell yeah, that question is being asked. That question was asked when he first came in the door. Hold on. Is this really the right move? And that kind of falls on Elton. Ain't no kind of. That falls on Elton Brand. You know what I mean? You heard jokes. Yeah, of course he gave him all that money. I would give that money to a younger me as well. Everybody was comparing the two. But that's interesting, bro. I, I didn't think of that. I would like to think that this in one way might be the Sixers saying, listen, you got one more season. Brett, if you don't do it now and by it, we mean get us to the Eastern Conference Finals. And we got to move on. I, I, to me, obviously, I wouldn't like to see that pressure put on him too much. But a lot of people perform great when they have pressure up on them, and I think he's one of those people. Open to the public too, maybe a Jerry Krause situation where <laughs> here comes Elton Brand. He goes, "This is Brett Brown's last season." <laughs> maybe he gives him one of those. This is Brett Brown's last season, and then we'll see if he rises to the top or if the squad <laughs> rallies behind him. That's if- what I'm saying. That that pressure, that pressure might. Yeah, I mean, that might do something. Now, do you think that this stoppage is best for the Sixers? Could this help the Sixers more so than hurt it? Like, it was such a dumpster fire. Could it Hmm. get any worse? Is it possible that this regroup could help the team more so than it be a bad thing for the squad? Hell yeah. I I think it has nothing. The only way it could really hurt them is if Joel Joel B falls out of shape. And, and Ben Simmons, you know, just, I don't know, he just kind of goes off. Remember, we had some speculations about when he said I had to be held accountable. And then me and you both said on the episode, well, hold on, is he kind of taking shots at Brett? You know what I mean? Everything that came out with Jimmy Butler situation. So that's the only thing that can kind of get scary is if it seems to get even further apart from who's in charge. But I honestly think them regrouping, them figuring out what went wrong, them having time to kind of process things. You know what I mean? Might might make for a better season. Right, because it's not like this team had flow. If I was the Lakers, yes, LeBron James can get rested and Anthony Davis can get rested. And yeah. I, I don't question they were LeBron. Clicking. Right, but they were clicking. And there are plenty yeah. of teams that were just buzzing on the right on the right timeline and they were ready to rock, rock and roll for the postseason. With this team, it was so dysfunctional. Sure, it can get more dysfunctional. I'm I'm positive of it. But you have a better chance of it at least going in the other direction over that way because it was that bad. I mean, if you're if you are at one, if you're on a scale of one to ten and you're on a, a level one, all right, you got a good percentage of a chance to go the other way than say that zero. And that's the way I kind of look at it. Exactly, exactly. They weren't at rock bottom. You know what no, I mean? it was a little it's, aggressive. But if they were at three out of yeah. ten. Yeah, yeah, No, no, no. What I'm saying is you're not talking about a team that is built to be at rock bottom. This isn't the 2013 Sixers. You know what I mean? This is this this is the process, if not completed, damn near completed. So at this point, you can only afford so much of a slippage. 
at this point after paying all those guys that much money after making all these moves after this many years you only have so much room for error at this point this is my last thought before we transition into the last dance Mm -hmm. it kind of bothers me but it makes sense so i'm torn in the middle which i find myself being in that spot a lot when elton continues to say that he wants to see this team in the playoffs because they were built for the playoffs, and he consistently brought that up again. Does that bother you, or does that make sense to you? Uh, I mean, I, I think he's being realistic. This this team was, first of all, you don't spend that much money and, and assemble these many young guys for the sake of not making the playoffs. Ain't nobody looking for no exciting season. And then you also don't do all that to have a, a Clippers. Uh, remember the Clippers team from back in the early 2010s when – they would always get there and never make it anywhere. Ain't nobody looking to have an exciting regular season just to lay an egg every time we get to the playoffs. That's a problem. Shit, I go as far to say Villanova, the round of 32 exits. That shit gets old to people. You know what I mean? At some point, listen, man, take the training wheels off. You know what I mean? We're done processing. We're done with the practice. Make it happen. You know what I mean? But here's where I'll counter that a little bit. Go ahead. Go Imagine ahead. having a horrible... Horrible is is strong because the Sixers were 39 and 26. So they were on pace for another 50 game or 50 win season. They were 10 and 24 on the road, though. Imagine your regular season in the Big East just being pathetic on the road and you can't beat Seton Hall and you can't beat this team, but you were told that you would win the national championship before the season started. So it is a little different, don't you think? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's definitely a little different. What I'm saying is, I think he's setting a standard. I'm telling y'all what I expect. I'm telling y'all what I'm telling them. You know what I mean? I'm not shying away from it. I'm not sitting out here politicking answers. The truth is, this shit was made for the playoffs. Now, is this getting it done? Hell no. But this is what this was assembled for. We we don't know. That's the best slash worst part about this shit happening. Nobody knows what would have happened when they would have actually gotten the playoffs. Right. See, I was where I stood with it was. They were in the mix with every other team outside of the Bucks. So yeah. while we criticize this team every single night, the Heat were struggling. The Celtics are not a perfect team. Like the Sixers were in the mix with the Pacers, the Heat, the Celtics. They were all in one pack. So it's not impossible to think the Sixers could win in that pack. It's also not impossible for them to lose either, but to automatically assume that they would lose because you're that frustrated every night. That's where I think it was silly. Yeah. Yeah, no. Nah. You're right. You're right. Thank God they're not in the West. I just thought about that because the West is fucking strong. D-Ray, they you were 10-24 live- and 24 on the road, dude. Right. Uh, that's, that's almost impossible. And, and here's their home record. Where are we at here? <laughs> you ready for this? I mean, what? it's ridiculous. 29-2. and two. Yeah. How can you be a bad basketball team and be 29-2 and two at home? Yeah, man. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. That's a psychological problem. Yeah. Yeah, I was about to say that sounds mental way more than physical. I, I don't I don't care what anybody says. If you perform that poorly on the road, but then just run off a legendary, that has to be some type of record. You know what I mean? As far as <laughs> that ass, 29 and 2 at home, that's impressive. In the NBA, that is impressive. It must be some type of record, but who yeah, the hell knows? Yeah, looking at the Bucks. The Bucks 28 and 3 at home. Here's the difference. 25 and 9 on the road. The Raptors Jesus. twenty-three and nine 
on the road. The Celtics, 20-12 and 12 on the road. See, this is where, think about if the Sixers were just where the Pacers were. 18 yeah. and 15 on the road. Not not yeah. impressive, not crazy. That would be a significant difference to their record, and you'd be talking about the third seed in the East. Exactly, exactly. And you're already at that 50 wins or around it. So yeah, no, that is that's that's crazy. It is, and they'd be losing <laughs> to the Cleveland Cavaliers on the yeah. Tuesday nights. And I was always, always a supporter of in the NBA, 82 games, you're allowed to lose on those Wednesday nights to a bad team. But that would make your record more 18 and 15 away from the Wells Fargo, not 10 and 24. Yeah, that, that sounds mental. And it's like, I want to say that sounds like a young team, but this ain't a team that's young enough to be having those problems. You know what I mean? You hear about young teams getting up to play at home, but then they get on the road and get shook. Y'all, you know what I mean? Your best two players are four years in the game. You got Al Horford. You got Josh Richardson. You got Tobias Harris. This ain't a young enough team to have that issue and blame it on youth. Right, absolutely. All right, yeah. the last dance. I think, <laughs> I honestly think, these were the best two episodes so far. I agree. You agree? I agree. Well, well, well. The first one was was the, the first one with the music. Just you know, when with you the say LL the Cool first J. One, you're talking about like episode five, right? Huh? When, no, no, no. The episode one. Oh, oh, oh. Because I thought the one. soundtrack in these two oh. episodes were straight fire, especially episode five. Oh no, no, no. They did they thing. They redeemed themselves. Remember last week? Ah, the soundtrack was kind of you know slipping with the Dennis Rodman and Phil Jackson episode. But that first one when he started cooking and they was playing bad. Oh my God. You know what I mean? Or Kumo D. I ain't no joke. And it started off with Mace. So the first one, yes. But these two, uh, the highlight of these two is my man, my man doing a shrug on Jordan at the winning the coin toss. That was that was everything. <laughs> that was everything. Him and Slim. That's great, yeah, dude. How funny was that quarters thing? I mean, unbelievable. Yeah. That dude. Oh, first off, <laughs> let's talk about this. Has there ever been a guy who has so much bragging rights over this security guard? This guy <laughs> has beaten the GOAT. Nobody else has beaten the GOAT except for this man. And he shrugged him off. And hit him with the shrug. I he love did it. two shrugs. I love it. He was like, "What you want? What you want?" I just, I just took Jordan's money. Literally, I just took Jordan's lunch money. Literally, 20, 20 bucks. <laughs> That's awesome. Now your guy was in here. Your, your boy Kobe, and yes. I had goosebumps. I had yeah. goosebumps. Not only hearing him talk, but hearing the way Michael Jordan was talking about him at the All Star game, talking about that Laker boy. Isn't that the way that he called him? The yeah, Laker boy. Yeah, the little Laker boy. The little Laker boy. And I love how they showed the transition of how he was talking about him before that game and how he was talking about him later that season. I thought that was incredible. You know, for them to show that, that's real. Because before that game, remember, he was like, he was like, man, he don't want to do nothing but turn the game into one-on-one. It seemed like he had no respect for him. But then as you saw a transition, it was like, oh, no, he, he respects it. He likes it. And he didn't back down. And, you know, God rest, man. God rest his soul. But that was amazing to see. The one thing that Kobe mentioned was how back then it was such an older game. Like the guys in the league were so old. And because there's no college basketball the way that it is now where you know you know Zion's going to Duke and there's social media. We watch little LeBron James playing an AAU game. So it wasn't the same. It's as if nobody really knew of Kobe and he had to earn their respect. But isn't it crazy right now to think that nobody knew Kobe like that? Yeah, man. I mean, when you think about it, he got drafted at 13. He got drafted at people forget that. Like he got drafted at 13. And I think nowadays it's 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 so funny how everybody is the next such and such every year. 
every year the first round pick. Think back on where's Andrew Wiggins and Jabari Park. Think about that. Think about that. That was the next Melo or the next Kobe and the next LeBron right there. You know what I mean? Everybody was saying that they had already mailed it in. And not saying that they're not great players. They're made men in the NBA at this point. But it's just every year it's the this guy's the next this, this guy's the next that. And we keep falling for that hype. And back then it was, no, if you don't have some skin in the game, if you're not five, six, seven years in, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Have a seat. Right. It, it was just, it was goosebumps. It really was. There were two moments and it was that when they were just speaking about Kobe and the way it hits and just knowing he's no longer with us, which is just crushing. Yeah. It gives me the goosebumps just hearing him speak about it. It's just the way he speaks. No matter what he's describing, he could describe anything, even if it's not basketball. If Kobe Bryant was describing using ingredients to make a, a cupcake, I swear to God, I'd be sitting there with so intrigued, more intrigued <laughs> than I've ever been in my life. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Yup, you put it You put it in that bowl. Yup. It's just the way he describes it and speaks. It's unbelievable. Facts. But the one other part that really got me going was that USA practice. Are that you serious with that? And you heard about that, but to see them, that was amazing. I love the part with Magic when he hit the, I came down the plane. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes, but I did not realize he was that fiery. They said he threw the ball up in the third row and the way he was cursing that Jordan. I love how competitive it was. But when they said they were on that bus and it was dead quiet, and then Magic looks over to Charles. Guess we shouldn't have pissed him off and then erupted. That's that's one of those moments. Is, this is why we love sports. That right. was major. No, I, I couldn't agree more. That is, we've all been there where things get a little hectic, maybe in hey. practice and yeah. specifically in hockey. Uh, I went through so many practices where people literally dropped the gloves and they would punch yeah. each other in the face and, all right, let's uh, top in line and do the next drill, right? You just exactly. go in the corner, you start playing again. And, and then in the locker room, it's a little tense. Someone makes a joke in the shower. <laughs> yeah, then everything's good yeah. again. So we've all been there before. It's just, it's crazy to see the fire. And that's when they noticed that this was Michael's team. And with all yeah. that talent, now it's Michael's team. You saw the impact and like the greatness side of Michael in, in, in these two episodes and even somewhat of the downfall because with all that media attention and things started to get negative and just walking outside, how many people were really following him every single day? I wouldn't want to sit through that. Yeah, man, that must be a beast. When they said it, he was in the hotel room. You didn't even think about it. They said the moment he steps outside the lights are on that has to be exhausting you know what i mean I, I like that he said that listen i'm not you know i am what i am and if it's not for you pretty much turn it away he politely said what charles barkley has said i'm not a role model you know what i mean it's a little bit harder to believe that with michael jordan your air jordan you're on top of everything you're be like mike but it was obvious they thought the same way back then listen it's a lot going on i'm trying to play the game of basketball and i think this is where social media actually helps today's players because which is weird you know don't get me wrong i think that there's power in social media i mean look mm -hmm. at what you did with the the twitch stream i mean mm -hmm. social media that's insane raising thirty thousand dollars that's incredible yeah. it could be utilized awesome it could also crush people and it could be bad but the way it, it's Air Jordan, he's this big star, and you got to go see him. You run into the hotel to see him. Now it's, let me go check his Instagram story, and instead of actually physically going to see him and run up to him, you just look at what he's doing from your couch in your house. So the heck, the, and I'm, listen, if LeBron James goes to a specific place and people know that, they're camp camping out his hotel too. Oh, yeah. It's facts. just, it's a different level, though.
Yeah, no, it's just a completely different world. And I, I love that you brought that up, that it actually helped him. Well, it actually helped some of the guys now instead of just hindering them. But it's it's, it's crazy to think of, of living in a fishbowl. You know what I mean? Constantly. And I, I could see why people would be aggravated. I love how he handled it. You know, he was actually a champ about it. You know what I mean? Like you never really seen him just turn somebody down or something like that or be a complete jerk. But also in a sense of social media, if it happened back then, it wasn't somebody with a camera immediately be like, Gotcha. Yeah, especially that Atlantic City trip. But let's 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 <laughs> let's talk about this. This dude made it seem like New York to Atlantic City was ten minutes down the road. As if, yeah, I'm just gonna go to AC real quick, hang out until about midnight. Uh, dude, that's that's a two hour drive, two plus hour drive. It wasn't right around the corner. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that is when it's oh, you have a problem. You know what I mean? For him to be, yeah, I'm I'm leaving to Atlantic City. That was ridiculous. And that was part of the thing of them peeling back, but listen, this man is not God, you know, even though he joked about it with the tickets when he was giving his teammate the tickets, he had joked about that. And they were kind of peeling back the layers on him. But yeah, that was wild. That's if you heard that today, it's everywhere the next morning. Well, the one thing about the gambling that we saw displayed, it it was a big problem. And I think the fact that you're seeing it being a big problem shows that there was a lot going on in his life. But I feel like what you're seeing now, which is brutal, multiply that by 100 and that's how brutal it actually is. Because this documentary... You're right. It's not. He wants people to know that he had a human side to him and he's not this perfect guy, but he's also not going to destroy his image to this insane degree either. So multiply all that gambling stuff by a lot. And that's what reality probably was. Yeah, man. I mean, you heard speculations from his father. You know, that was his father's death cause. You heard speculations about that's why he got that's why he left the nba some people speculate that they left you know he left the nba to kind of let things cool down and it could be a million things but i I think you're right that gambling thing especially at the level that he was doing it's about million dollar bets you know what i mean and obviously to us that's a lot to him that wasn't as much but still to somebody else who you're dealing with that could be cause for a problem i loved watching the highlights of him golfing just getting all pissed off because I've been there. And to see Michael yeah. Jordan struggle on a putt, I'm like, damn right, I'm Jad missed that putt too. Yeah, I've been there. You start slamming your putter. <laughs> except the only difference is I got like seven bucks on that hole with my buddy. Oh, he exactly. probably had like five hundred grand and like the freshest pair of Jordans in, in the mix. I was about to say they're betting rental properties, and we're back. All right, you, you got to get the guac on the yeah. Chipotle this time. <laughs> if, I, if I make this, you're getting the guac today. <laughs> yeah, you're buying me a bag of chips, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You both have the buy one, get one code. It's like, all right, which one you get and save yours for another time. That's hilarious. I, by the way, I didn't know you were. Are you a big Chipotle supporter? Or Not really. Not really. I, I had to think of the, the most relatable thing. I, I like the, the hole in the wall Mexican spot. This spot up on the main line called El Limon. It's amazing. We got to go. We got to go. I've said before, you know, off the record, we're going to a Villanova game next year. Yes. So we have to get El Limon. But, you know, I, I think I lean a little more towards Cordoba. The queso. Wow. Okay. Something about the queso. Yeah, see, I'm one of those like absolute assholes when it comes to Chipotle. I will I will never say that anything's better. I will never oh. go anywhere that's around it. Like, oh, let's go to Panera. Oh, uh, yeah, okay, joke's on you. I will never go to a Panera <laughs> because it's always next to a Chipotle. So, Thanks. you know, for all these establishments, shame on you for putting yourself next to the greatest establishment ever. And ironically <laughs> enough, they're always in trouble for like the worst food violations in the world. Exactly. And that's why I can't get behind it, bro. That's why I can't get behind it. It's nah, like, I, like, right, I like people on the edge. Yeah, yeah. I like, yeah. like living on the edge. <laughs> 
you have a competitive problem. Yeah. <laughs> you want to bet that Chipotle will make me yeah. sick today? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Now, you mentioned, you <laughs> my mind goes all over the place. When you start talking, like, ooh, this, ooh, that. And I just want to start picking your brain sometimes. <laughs> but a, a big thing on our show is people's antics. and Drake's antics, LeBron's yeah. antics. What do you think about Magic Johnson's antics because you mentioned what he did and it was funny and he's a little goofy to me. Now I love him to death. Obviously, yeah. he's he's an icon and he's awesome. He is he basketball. You see him, you get the smile on your face. He's a happy guy, but he's got some foolish antics in him as well. No, he's a personality. He's definitely a personality, and I love that. I mean, shit. That's why his name is what it is. That's why he is who he is. You know what I mean? You saw that in his college days when you watch the Larry Bird and uh, his documentary of them kind of being compared, but he definitely has a little bit of, you know what I mean? And I'm not saying I always hate it with Drake or LeBron. My, right, one right. of my favorite all time Nike commercials is when LeBron does the, um, the, uh, the, the flip off the, the, uh, diving what is it called? Board? The diving board. Yeah. yeah, he yeah curls pool, his legs up. Right. He comes up and past the frog. I was like, that's hilarious. Him on taco Tuesday. That's hilarious. Drake and that sprint commercial. That's hilarious. It's just with them, it's a little more ramped up. Uh, yeah, I can agree with that. I was yeah. just saying, I do see a little bit of those same antics yeah. that we like to get on people for. Listen, I got some antics. You got some antics. Everyone's yeah. got some antics. No doubt about it. But we Hell like yeah. to crush people for their antics. That's what oh, we yeah, like to yeah. do here. It's part of the show. It might even exactly. be called processed. Let's crush your antics. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> process the only antics are ours i like it i like it i like it so what besides the the kobe thing because that mm -hmm. hits home for you yeah what what was your biggest takeaway from these two episodes like your biggest takeaway you're like damn besides the great music i mean bro like you said it you said it they showed that he was human you know what i mean these first couple it had kind of shown untouchable you know when they showed him at north carolina i completely forgot that that shot was his freshman year and when they showed the, the one with Scottie Pippen and him doing what he did and how he helped Dennis Rodman and how Phil Jackson mowed him, those first four have really put him on a pedestal. And it was kind of emotionally, you know, confusing for them to so quickly pivot and be like, all right, let's bring out all the dirt in these next two. You know what I mean? From the way he talked about Kobe to the gambling problem. But I, I like it. I like it. It's a complete story. It is. And I, and I wonder where it's going next because it's it's down the path now of – you know, he's he's clearly in the spot where he's overwhelmed. And that scene of him smoking that cigar in his lit in his couch in the hotel room, I put my put myself in his shoes during that time. And I imagine, what if I just walked outside right now and there's fifty thousand cameras? Bro, it's bro, it's like you're the best sports talk radio host in America. You can go over yeah. and take pictures with me. And I'm thinking, yeah. oh, man. <laughs> no, you're right. You're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, stop it, stop it. Who's got Chipotle? Who's got Chipotle? Anybody? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. No. <laughs> no but um, it would not be fun. And I'm not saying yeah. that I wouldn't want to be the best basketball player to ever live because that yeah. seems awesome. But I think if we traded places with them, or with him specifically, in about five days, we might want to go back to our old self. He said that. Remember, he said that during that commercial. Everybody thinks it'd be fun to be Michael Jordan for a day, you know, a couple hours. Imagine being him for a week. And that was it is shown at the end of the day, you are still dealing with a human. And I think especially back then, we said with the lack of social media, he was such a godlike figure and so untouchable. Bro, I have emotions, too. And like he said, sometimes I don't feel like it. You know what I mean? I was watching an a interview today with uh, Jay-Z back when he released Magna Carta. 
And, you know, he was taught, they were asking about him and Beyonce. He was like, yeah, we do some things routine, but at the same time, he was like, at times you question people's integrity and you question, come on right now. And to have that day in and day out, that has to be exhausting. You know what I mean? I could see why they were always smoking cigars and drinking and shit. It was just like- <laughs> Yeah, there's the Miller Lights. Of all yeah. things, they're just crushing Miller Lights. I love yeah. it. Yeah. No, no, we'll leave, we'll leave, we'll leave the podcast on this note. I have a question that we talked about today on 97.3 ESPN between Mike Gill and I, mm-hmm. whose legacy was impacted the most because of Michael Jordan. Now you can go two different ways. A lot of people initially go, oh, well, Charles Barkley or Patrick Ewing or mm. Malone, any of these players who didn't win a championship. Could it possibly be Scottie Pippen? I dis- I mean, I think Scottie Pippen's uh, legacy was impacted greatly, but those two years he was out, they still made the playoffs. You right, know what but I mean? now Scottie- we're talking about, imagine Scottie Pippen having a full NBA career with no Michael Jordan, but never winning a championship ring. It would yeah. be they, He would be in the mix with the rest of the guys that they were good in that era, but he wasn't able to win, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. But if, if I'm going to be honest with you, I think if anybody, uh, you know, imp- legacy was impacted the most, and this is it might sound crazy, Phil Jackson. Wow. Okay. I so, think Phil now, do Jackson. you think when you say that, do you think he's not as good of a coach as he is, or maybe he's the other way around? No, 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 no. I think if anything, it propelled Phil Jackson to a point because remember when he said Phil first took over the job, Michael Jordan didn't like it. I'm used to having the ball. I'm used to being the guy, and you're telling me that you're bringing in a coach over Doug Collins. Shout out Dougie. You're bringing in a you're bringing in a coach that's going to take the ball out of my hands. But he's he's admitted before he taught me how to really win. I knew how to play the game. He taught me how to win. So I think positively. Phil Jackson stock went way up and then Phil and obviously a a Lakers organization doesn't want him for a Kobe and Shaq if it's not for those years on the Bulls at the end and this whole thing started because of what it was Phil Jackson's last year and he said that he wouldn't play another year without Phil Jackson that was how the the last dance whole started like so I think I had to say Phil that's a great answer now what I'm thinking now is this might I'm thinking about the last dance Sixers version with Brett Brown this year (laughs) Let's tie this all together. Looks like we're winning the championship without even Ben Simmons because we're just optimistic about the back. We don't even know anymore. That would be crazy. This year has been batshit already. But if they brought back that season in Disney World or whatever the hell it was, and the Sixers won after all of this without Ben Simmons, I'd be like, this. the simulation's broken. This shit, <laughs> well, something's going on. Well, that's what I was on. thinking when I was watching that Villanova game the other night. The simulation's broken. <laughs> This is ridiculous. All right. With that, with that, I'm not even going to let you speak anymore because I'm always right. 2018, better than 2016. Villanova champs. Thank you guys so much for watching this week's episode. This, Well, we do two episodes a week. This, yeah, thanks for watching this episode. See you guys next time.